0: America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is The Michael Medved Show.
1: And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. may be a great day when we can begin to take hold as a nation, not as Republicans or as Democrats, but of some of the disasters that are befalling this country right now. An amazing new study, and it is one from a very reputable source using government figures, shows that the lowest percentage of murders have been cleared in this country ever, ever. And what does it mean to be cleared? It means to be cleared that you find a suspect and you at least prosecute the suspect. In other words, The uh, Murdoch murders where we're waiting for the conclusion of the trial, which has gotten so much attention, that already counts as cleared because they made arrests, they had indictments, there is a trial. So you don't need to find somebody guilty to get a case cleared. But here's the stunning thing. Right now, fewer than half of all murders in this country, people who were killed by somebody else, are unsolved. They're uncleared. They haven't found anybody that's one of the reasons that things went in Chicago the way they did we have more on that and uh, also you have other people and this is what's so surprising about it now announcing their murders and making it very public and people who want to tape their mass shootings you remember all this they uh, use some kind of like the guy in Christchurch New Zealand who had a helmet On with a camera on it as he was killing what was it over 50 people Um, all of that going on now there is a criminal or suspected criminal accused criminal named uh, Carpenter Jack Jack Carpenter who by the way is somebody who used to work in a uh, as a systems administrator at the University of Michigan in any event he tweeted that he would carry out the punishment of death to anyone that is Jewish in the Michigan government. And that includes the state's attorney general, who's a Democrat, named uh, Dana uh, Nessel. But uh, it includes plenty of other people in recent Michigan history. There's a congressman and a senator. They were brothers named Levin. Uh, right now, Elisa Slotkin, who is Jewish, is running for uh, the U.S. Senate in Michigan. and. Uh, uh, the idea that they, there's a penalty of death attached to being Jewish, does that mean that you were born Jewish or identify as Jewish or converted to Judaism? You all deserve the death penalty? They already have um, uh, people who had bragged about their plans to kidnap Big Gretch, the governor of Michigan, and uh, then torture her or, or hold her for ransom or whatever. This is one guy serving 20 years. Speaking of guys serving 20 years, no Sirhan Sirhan will not get out. There are still attempts to try to release Robert Kennedy's assassin. This is an amazing thing. And then this, finally, uh, a committee has said this is the ethics committee in the Senate in the House of Representatives that it voted unanimously to create an investigative subcommittee to conduct an inquiry of one congressman in particular. Is it Marjorie Taylor Greene? No. Is it Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? No, of course not. Who is it? It's George Santos. Hooray, hooray, hooray. A lawmaker who is accused of having lied about his biography. Wait, wait, it's not accused. He lied. The panel will determine whether Santos engaged in unlawful activity with respect to his 2022 congressional campaign failed to properly disclose required information on statements filed with the House, violated federal conflict of interest laws in connection with his role in a firm providing fiduciary services, and or engaged in sexual misconduct toward an individual seeking employment in his congressional office. Now, that's pretty amazing when you consider all of these different aspects to investigate for a guy who's only 34 years old and who actually uh, only in January of this year actually became a member of the House of Representatives. Well, good luck to him. Uh, Meanwhile, Bernie Sanders said the Senate's HELP Committee would uh, vote on March 8th on whether to issue a subpoena for Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz. Schultz previously declined to appear at the Senate hearing on allegations of union busting, nearly two hundred ninety company-owned starbucks cafes in the u.s. have voted to unionize as of mid-february according to a tally from the national labor relations board and uh... this is um, something that needs more investigation does it I'll, I'll tell you what needs more investigation is basically a new bill in one of america's most progressive states that wants to hand out no conditions apply to it. No restrictions apply to it. $1,000 a month, no strings attached, that would go to homeless people. It would actually go to uh, homeless people, people who are at risk of becoming homeless, uh, severely rent burdened, or those who earn at or below 60% of the area median income. Now for the homeless people, there are estimated 14,000 homeless people in Oregon. Uh, Of course, 4,000 of those in the city of Portland alone. And these folks would get $1,000 every month to spend as they like. You know who's gonna benefit? Is any liquor stores near homeless encampments. Am I wrong to say that? How do you think that many of the people who are living on the street are going to use this thousand dollars a month of taxpayer money? They're estimating that this program is going to cost only twenty-five million dollars. Uh, try the math, okay? If you've got fourteen thousand homeless people and you're paying a thousand dollars a month, how do they hold the cost at twenty-five million dollars? And what about the people who are working hard and struggling to pay the rent or struggling to pay a mortgage? Uh, how is this fair to take money from them to give it to homeless folks living on the street? There is uh, also new news about uh, people challenging Senator Ted Cruz, who is not running for president. He is running for reelection to the U.S. Senate. I think Senator Cruz has to be strongly, uh, strongly a favored for winning another Senate term and a new trend regarding illegal immigration and it's a trend that frankly seems to be working out on behalf of illegal immigrants and on behalf of the country at large as well uh, many undocumented immigrants are departing after decades in the US why are they leaving because they can't get work here no work is easy to get here in the United States right now we have a labor shortage it's because they have done reasonably well in the United States they have been unable to get permanent residency or citizenship and uh, things are going better at home this involves particularly for Mexican illegal immigrants about 2 million people and meanwhile When it comes to the uh, Lori Lightfoot experience, Lightfoot came in third, which is why she's not in the runoff. She's the big loser in Chicago in the mayor's election. What's fascinating is the most conservative candidate in that very liberal, very Democratic city, who was the uh, CEO of Chicago Public Schools, Paul Vallis, he received 35 percent of the vote. That's uh, literally more than twice as many as the 16.6% of the vote behind uh, uh, that uh, that went to Lori Lightfoot. The uh, other candidate who's made it to the runoffs, who is a, a far more liberal candidate, not more liberal than Lori Lightfoot, but far more liberal than Paul Vallis is Brandon Johnson, who received 20.3%. He... um is the uh, leader of the chicago public schools union we will get to that and to much more also the myth of right and left why is the american polarization right now based on tribe not ideology we'll get to that and more coming up on the medved show
0: 1-800-955-1776 the michael medved show The
1: Michael Medved Show. On the uh, Michael Medved Show, a brand new poll uh, shows that California Republican voters favor Florida Governor Ron DeSantis over former President Donald Trump in the 2024 GOP primary. Now, you may say, what does it matter? It's California. California isn't going to go Republican anyway. It's uh, almost a sure thing for Joe Biden or whoever the Democrats decide to nominate. But, uh, guess what? California still has the biggest delegation at the Republican convention to nominate whether it will be uh, uh, DeSantis or Trump or someone else. And, uh, The idea that it would be someone else, it seems to me, is very likely if there is a great big primary fight and split primary fight in the state of California for the Republicans. And this, even though the Republicans only represent about a third of the voters in California, in any event, the Berkeley Institute of Governmental Studies survey, uh, published uh, by the L.A. Daily News found that in an open field, California Republicans preferred DeSantis over Trump by eight points. And in a head-to-head matchup, the Sunshine State governor prevails by a whopping 17 points. Uh, DeSantis's overall approval rating is also higher, with 79 percent of GOP voters giving him high marks compared to... To 69% for the former president. Now, this is not of general approval in California by any means. It is uh, a- approval by Republicans, uh, who, again, in California are a very important breed. It includes all kinds of uh, leaders of the Republican Party, including the Speaker of the House of Representatives, the number three man in line with the presidency, and will be Kevin McCarthy, who's from Bakersfield. Anyway, uh, not such good uh, polling news. This is um, uh, a third of Americans agree with Marjorie Taylor Greene's national divorce call. 47 percent of Republicans back her bid for red states to split, according to a shocking poll. Republican firebrand Marjorie Taylor Greene, this is from the Daily Mail, says the U.S. needs national divorce between red and blue states. A shocking new poll shows that one-third of Americans agree with this idea. Two-thirds of independent voters disagree that there should be separation. By the way, uh, if somebody does agree, and obviously a lot of Americans do, if this poll is accurate at all, if you agree that it would be a good idea for the states to separate out, could you tell me why? Uh, seriously, I'll give you some time to explain it. No cutting you off. You, you just explain why it's a good idea to separate the different states. Now, this uh, particularly at a time when uh, Antony Blinken is trying to meet with uh, Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister. We have problems from Russia, from North Korea, from Iran, and above all from China. Now, how, how does America do? If uh, you have to have ambassadors sent between Tennessee and uh, Ohio, I mean, you know, which are close together, or Kentucky and Ohio, if they are parts of a, a, a different country, if the states all split apart, or would we then divide into? You know, there'd be like one union, one confederacy. Then there'd be one Western Union. That's I know that's the name of the company, but in other words. Would you have a bunch of states federated, like a federation of New England states or a federation of northwestern states? The northwestern states would be interesting because you have states including Idaho and Washington and Oregon. And uh, Idaho, the politics are very, very different, which is why there is that move going on right now. And it is actually gaining... uh, some fuel and some energy and we've had the people on we're gonna have them on the show again where the eastern counties in the state of oregon want to go ahead and move over and join the state of idaho and that that i can understand because then you have a you're reporting to a different part of the united states but the desire to break up this country which means so much to our people and to the world and speaking of uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and her uh, sometimes very bizarre uh, proposals like the idea of America splitting up, which is now supported supposedly by 47 percent of Republicans, by the way, one 800 if you favor her suggestion and you would like to explain why. Uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene was also just one of two of a total of 414 members of the House to vote against a bipartisan resolution. Now, okay, a bipartisan resolution that gets 412 members of Congress to vote for it, of the House of Representatives, is is something usually you can assume it's not deeply controversial, it certainly isn't divisive. It was a resolution to mourn the 50,000 lives lost during the earthquake crisis in Syria and Turkey. While the largely symbolic motion was ultimately passed, Green was joined by Representative Thomas Massey, the libertarian-minded Kentuckian, uh, as the only uh, no-votes who voted no. We, we don't mourn the 50,000 people who died in Syria and Turkey. What, you want them to die? I mean there are a lot of children there that one can mourn and there are people particularly from Syria who are already refugees who've already suffered enormously from the uh, genocidal war of Bashar al-Assad. In any event uh, Gene Green in early February had actually sent out a tweet tweet said praying for Turkey and other countries suffering through deadly earthquakes doesn't that sound like she's mourning already? So why does she vote against a resolution mourning them? Introduced by Joe Wilson, another stalwart conservative uh, from South Carolina, he, um, the measure also, quote, applauds the uh, work of humanitarian aid and rescue workers on the ground. And number two, condemns the efforts by the Assad regime of Syria to exploit the disaster to evade international pressure and accountability, including by preventing the United Nations from providing assistance through border crossings between Turkey and Syria. Now, does this mean that that she voted against this resolution because she wanted to defend Bashar al-Assad? the bloody dictator of Syria or what it's uh, it's unusual and it will all be part of somebody's going to do some kind of documentary movie like they did about AOC but uh, they will go after Marjorie Taylor Greene on that Uh, speaking of uh, going after the Biden administration and other Democrats They're rallying the forces at CPAC. How is that going? We'll bring you some uh, reports and highlights and lowlights. Coming up on the Medved Show. You can't handle
0: the Michael Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. W. Bush, and I approve the Michael Medved Show.
1: Well, thank you to President Bush. Uh, Would it surprise you if President Bush was given a place of honor at CPAC and he decided to come there and rally the troops? Uh, No. The two-term president, two-term governor of Texas, uh, declined uh, to do that. I, I don't think he was particularly invited, as a matter of fact. Somebody... Who was invited, and this is definitely uh, invited, and he didn't turn it down, didn't say, no, I would never darken my my reputation by coming to see, but didn't say anything like that. Mike Pence was invited. He didn't come. He probably would have gotten a fairly hostile response. I've been at other Republican meetings where uh, people threatened to do damage to Mike Pence. Uh, and... Uh, he was just asked, apparently, on CBS News, uh, whether he would commit to supporting former President Trump if his ex-boss won the GOP presidential nomination again. Pence, again, refused to directly criticize the pr- former president, but he also wouldn't commit to supporting him if he wins the nomination. A, um, more on CPAC. This uh, reported from Hotline. Well, on the first day of CPAC, several attendees expressed concern about Trump's electability while maintaining that they plan to support him in the GOP presidential primary, which I don't really understand. In other words, if you think this guy can't get elected, why would you support him in the primary so that you can win a glorious defeat? It, um, maybe that's the way people are thinking. They cited his ability to rally the Republican base. I think the point there means that, well, even if Trump can't win the national election, he can rally Republicans enough to help capture the Senate, to build the Republican majority in the House. The question would be, well, why didn't that happen in 2022 when people um, also didn't have to vote necessarily for President Trump? Uh In any event, there's also this. Um, Others at CPAC pointed to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' past support for nixing Social Security and Medicare. This is very unfair. Nixing means eliminating, getting rid of. And (laughs) DeSantis has never been in favor, when he was a three-term congressman or any other time, of nixing Social Security and Medicare. And... um, People at CPAC who are not fans of DeSantis said the resultant effect that that might have on his generation, uh, general election chances would be very negative, and they uh, cited that as a reason for sticking with Trump as the GOP nominee for the third uh, successive election. Uh, scores of people at the conference in National Harbor, uh, Maryland, I've been there before to previously. C- pack uh, events, which is right as a very scenic location, built up as a convention center, um, the uh, scores of people at the conference sported MAGA t-shirts or caps and a small contingent expressed support for those involved in the January 6th insurrection, calling them political prisoners. Uh-huh. The... Um, Senate news, by the way, which is also uh, inspiring a certain amount of attention at CPAC, is that uh, when it comes to the uh, U.S. Senate seat for uh, Ted Cruz, where he is running for re-election, Julian Castro and Sylvester Turner are two prominent Democrats, both of them are thinking about running against Ted Cruz, they would have a spirited primary. Sylvester Turner is the mayor of Dallas, and uh, and Julian Castro, uh, former presidential candidate, candidate. Remember that he was uh, the the one who got a lot of attention during the Democratic primaries in 2020 because he was all for defending the abortion rights of transgendered women. No, he. <laughs> he really was. Um, if, if you're a transgendered woman, in other words, you're a former man, abortion is very unlikely, very unlikely. Um, polling uh, suggests Democrats aren't thrilled with the idea of Biden as their nominee. Again, uh, we will get to that. First, there's Senator John Kennedy, the always colorful, and entertaining senator from Louisiana uh, with some fairly harsh words about uh, Joe Biden that goes along with the negative polling uh, this is clip 11 from CPAC today
0: now listen to me carefully on this the truth is I do not hate anyone I do not hate anyone I look for grace wherever I can find So I say this gently. The Biden administration sucks. (laughs) You measure it any way you want. COVID, the economy, inflation, the national debt, the border, crime, cancel culture, treating parents like domestic terrorists. Afghanistan, our energy independence, now lost. My God. President Biden has been spectacularly awful. If you put President Biden in charge of the Sahara Desert, he would run out of sand.
1: And uh, John Kennedy uh, uh, went on. He had a great deal to say and uh, talked about uh, what the American people really deserve and don't deserve. Clip three.
0: Americans do not deserve to be governed by deeply weird, nauseously woke people who hate George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, Dr. Zeus, and Mr. Potato Head, who hyperventilate on their yoga mats, if you use the wrong pronoun, Who think kids should be able to change their gender at recess. Who carry around Ziploc bags of kale to give them energy. And who think they are better than us. By the way, to me, kale tastes like I'd rather be fat.
1: And uh, Kennedy then goes on about what people might think about him this is clip two
0: the truth is that it is important to speak your mind so i do now that makes some people mad but i try not to worry too much about what anyone thinks of me except dogs i really like dogs
1: Okay, um, and you can go on from there. Um, Most people really like dogs. Uh, There were other speeches that were more controversial, obviously a very warm response to the funny and folksy Senator uh, Kennedy from Louisiana. But um, there was a speech uh, uh, which touched upon uh... one of the very few items that really does divide the republican party this is one of those things that is so fascinating to me in america right now is that we have such deep divisions and what are they really about i mean all of these issues that, uh... that uh, senator kennedy was talking about what's at the bottom of them why is it for instance that someone who would feel very strongly about avoiding a strict government control of firearms would be very much in favor of controlling uh, strict governmental control of abortion why is it uh, that somebody who would want very much to spend more money more effort to uh, crack down on crime uh, would also favor Uh, using our resources to protect nations abroad. That and more coming up on The Medved Show. The Michael Medved Show. Advent show a lot of conversation about uh, people attending CPAC and not attending CPAC, and who was invited and who wasn't invited, and who chose not to go. And um, many of the potential presidential candidates on the Republican side uh, decided not to go to CPAC. And and one of the reasons has to do with the conviction on the Republican side that it is a losing issue. I mean, really, really, really a losing issue to run the election of 2024, where your main issue is the election of 2020 and how it was stolen. Uh, The stolen election issue is, is poison because that was then, this is now. One of the things where I completely agree with uh, Ron DeSantis and most other people who are actually serious about running for president is that it's the job of the Republicans this time to encourage people to get out and to vote early. And uh, if you can and if it's illegal and you're allowed to in your state and every state has different rules, mail in your ballot by all means. The idea that Republicans should be uh, somehow allergic to mail-in ballots on close races—this this could help to explain why some Republicans lost. the The point about this is, and again, I would love someone to explain this to me. I have I've talked to people about this stuff all the time, and a lot of the people that I speak with about these various issues are. Deeply intelligent and very well-informed people, really terrific conservatives who know what's going on. And what I don't understand is why there is some kind of deep ideological division based upon whether there was election fraud or not that determined the outcome of this last election. And the, the reason it's so inexplicable is because it's it's honestly it's a dead issue biden has already served out the majority of his term that he was elected to and uh you want to get rid of joe biden make sure he doesn't return to the white house then the key thing is how you beat him in the election of 2024 not what happened in the election of 2020. that's the kind of issue that is a tribal issue my tribe says that your tribe is the worst that ever lived and we hate you And we despise you and you cheated us and we're going to keep fighting about this because we can. And the new book that we're going to be talking about later in this show, The Myth of Left and Right, How the Political Spectrum Misleads and Harms America, talks about how we are no longer divided by ideological issues as we once were. Back in the New Deal, even in the days of Ronald Reagan, the days of Barry Goldwater, there was a difference between the way that Republicans saw the world and the way Democrats saw the world. That difference is much less clear today because there's not a consistent pattern of either smaller government or bigger government. Democrats want government much bigger in some things. Republicans want government much bigger in some things. Do we want to spend more on policing? You bet we do. Of course we do. We need to. When you look at half the murders in America being uncleared, sure we need to. But one of the reasons that some people chose not to go to CFAC is to avoid association with uh, panels and lectures and speakers who were very focused on that lost election of 2020. And uh, he, here's an example. There was a president of Judicial Watch, whose name is Tom Fitton, uh, who spoke about what he thinks happened in the election of 2020 to the faithful at CPAC. Clip five
0: The tsunami of mail in ballots conveniently led to chaos in many key states on election day. By the way, federal law sets an election day, not an election week or an election month or an election winter on election day president trump had the votes to win the presidency these vote totals were changed because of unprecedented and extraordinary counting after election day
1: okay uh the idea that uh this is something that uh we're going to continue to debate um much better to actually talk about What is an important issue, and it's going to be an important issue in uh, 2024, is personality, character. It always is an issue in elections. And there was one woman, a participant, not a celebrity or a candidate, but she was um, interviewed at CPAC by Real America's Voice, clip six. Can you please tell me your name and what brings
0: you here today? I'm Bobby Rooney and I actually came here because I love Donald Trump and I love Steve Bannon also in Real America Voice. And I'm I'm with a little group in Pueblo, Colorado who are grandparents for America. And we are planting trees under which we will never sit because we're trying to get policies out. Our young people don't know any of the policies, so they go and they vote personality. We can't win the personality war. We can win the policy war. They're all in our favor. So we did a brochure that puts... Republican policies on one side, Democrat policies on the other. If you pick all the Democrat policies, vote that way. We just want you not to be stupid.
1: And uh, that's certainly a desire we can wish for all of our fellow Americans. And uh, uh, when it comes as trying to avoid being stupid, what you don't want people to do is sound like uh, Randy Weingarten did. Randy Weingarten, the head of the American Teachers Union, American Federation of Teachers. She was on the steps of the Capitol building the other day uh, and screaming and shouting at the very likely possibility that the Supreme Court is going to stand in the way of President Biden wasting 400 billion more dollars of the people's money on forgiving loan debts, legal loans that were taken out so that people could get an education. And now the loans get uh, canceled. And here's how Randy Weingarten sounded about it. It's Clip 21. It really pisses me off. During the pandemic, we understood that small businesses were hurting. And we helped them. And it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it big businesses were hurting, and we helped them, and it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. All of a sudden, when it's about our students, they challenge it, the corporations challenge it, the student loan lenders challenge it. That is not right, that is not fair, and that is what we are fighting as well when we say, cancel student debt. Uh, Cancel student debt. And who Pays for it then. that That's the question. It's not the big corporations that end up paying for it. It's all of us. Uh, and all of us also have uh, everything to do with the free press. There's a commentator who I met actually at CPAC uh, some years ago named Kurt Schlichter. And he uh, recalled his time in the Gulf War and uh, the notion of how to deal with journalists. Uh, listen, clip seven.
0: I look, I, I identify the opponent, I identify the enemy, and that's what the media is. I remember being in the Gulf War, that was back when America won wars, uh, and, our, and the Pentagon knew which bathroom to use. Um, <laughs> I remember we're out in the middle of the desert, Sergeant uh, comes up to me and goes, sir, uh, if we have any reporters around, can I shoot them? <laughs> and of course, well, I was a good officer, I yeah. always listened to my NCOs. Um, <laughs> But no, I, you're not advocating that anybody. Would no, 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 no. I would never advocate hunting the media for sport. There's already an no. article breaking yeah, cur exactly. <laughs> breaking curfews thirty years ago. Um,
1: okay, it, it's given the number of people, journalists of all kinds, who do get shot when they go to war zones and who do get shot on crime scenes. There was just another reporter who was killed in a recent um, mass shooting that we talked about here i I mean really is that is that hilarious he takes his ncos seriously and by the way that was in the gulf war the first gulf war and the news coverage of that war which was on under President George Herbert Walker Bush, the news coverage of that war was incredibly positive, you may remember. Because we were doing something quite similar to what we're trying to do in Ukraine. Except what we're trying to do in Ukraine is not allow the bad guys to occupy and destroy the independence of the country, but prevent that from happening. We had to make that right again, and Kuwait again is aligned with the United States and is an independent country today because of what was done in that war. So for future wars and the ongoing political war, what's worse about division by tribe as opposed to division by ideology? We'll talk about the myth of left and right in this greatest nation on God's green earth.